You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Redline Properties. And uh, today we have a special guest here with us, uh, Johnny Wolf, who is the CEO and founder of Homeroom Co-Living, which is one of the fastest growing co-living companies in the U.S. Um, he was a financial analyst um, for a couple companies in Silicon Valley, and he actually ended up relocating to Austin, Texas to pursue real estate investing on a full-time basis. And um, he's been investing since 2008 and uh, living with roommates um, since 2002, which obviously spurred him to start Homeroom. Um, and he could talk about his experience after uh, searching for roommates on Craigslist. And uh, we want to learn more about Homeroom and, and how that can benefit um, you know, multifamily uh, property owners. So appreciate you coming on, Johnny. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Sure. So, what what is this all about? What's what what spurred you to start Homeroom, and and what what's what's the plan moving forward with Homeroom? Yeah, so it's a great question. So we're you know when I I've been re- I, I've been co living since two thousand two essentially. So I had one year that I didn't live with roommates when I was living in Austin. I thought it would be fancy to get my own apartment on Sixth Street. Um, and honestly, I didn't like it. I really enjoy having that communal experience. And one thing that, you know, we've seen is that the trend of young people living with roommates is just surging. It's in like the eighties, it was like 10% of people are living with roommates that were young adults. And now it's like 30%. So more and more people, I think, you know, they're getting, people are getting married later and no one really, you know, living alone is kind of fun for a little bit, but you really, you know, want a family or you want a community. And so that's, that's sort of why the roommate living thing has been, has been surging so much and why there's a lot of companies that are emerging in the co-living space today. Um, for me personally, I was inspired to start the company after like looking for roommates on Craigslist when I moved to Kansas city for you know, like the, I don't know, 50th time looking for roommates on Craigslist. And I was just like, I've been doing this for 10, you know, decades and it's never been a good experience for me. And there's got to be a better way for people to find roommates. So that's, that's when Homeroom was born. I had done roommate housing in Austin, Texas when I was there. And my returns were triple digits by doing roommate housing, house hacking kind of techniques. Um, and I know that you kind of focus more on the multifamily side. I do think that we are seeing transition of how people value square footage in any, any type of property. And so extra bedrooms are can be, I think a bedroom is more valuable than it used to be. And there's opportunities for folks in multifamily to take advantage of that as well. Sure. No, and that's, we see that too. Um, most of our properties are in suburban locations, but um, you do have younger people migrating to the suburbs, especially kind of during COVID after COVID, you know, sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, how does the business model for homeroom work for, for you? So how do you guys, how do you guys operate? How do you monetize your business and how does it all work? Yeah. So the way that we do it today is we sort of take a page out of the turnkey providers book in the single family space. We don't actually do any flips though. We help, we basically help real estate investors typically out of state find properties on the MLS and they have to match some very specific criteria for homeroom. So we're, we say we need enough parking for roommates. We need enough shared showers for roommates. 
And also the property has to be in a certain price point. So the cash yield is high enough for the investor. Uh, then the, then the, we help the investor set up the property with furniture and, you know, make some repairs after they purchased it. So it's a perfect space for co-living. And then we add smart home technology and some of our branded products, and then we manage it for them. And our property management is actually free. We make our money by doing a master lease, uh, which we guarantee them rent. And then we take the spread, which is typically about a thousand dollars per house. Interesting. So how do you, um, I guess if you're looking at it from an investment standpoint, and it sounds like you said, similar to turnkey. And if it's turnkey, usually it's a, it's a fixed return and, you know, there's a specific holding period. Um, how does that process work? Because, you know, when there's no really, and I could be wrong, when an appraiser comes in and sees, okay, four roommates in, in this unit, that's why they're getting a premium rent. Is he going to give you credit for it? So how does that look on the back end if you ever want to sell that property? Yeah, so we're exclusively in single family homes, which I know is like a little different than what you guys special in here. Um, and so the appraisal process in single family, I mean, I, I assume you're in a single family home right now. Yes. Um, and so the appraisal process, as we know, in a single family property is not based on net rents. It's just based on comps, typically in that kind of old count comparisons sheet that they show you. Um, and so it really makes no difference. The appraisal will go up as the neighborhood goes up and that's all there is to it. Right. So it's, it's for, from that model, it's more of there's more cash flow along the way. And then on the back end, if you get the appreciation, which in probably every single case, if you hold it long enough, you'll get it. Um, and it, it'll all, all kind of, you know, even itself out, which is great. Um, so that's how you guys do it. Okay. Is there any specific markets that um, you guys are finding opportunities for your investors right now? Yeah. So we are in Kansas city and that's where we started. That's where we have most of our properties. And we recently expanded the Dallas Fort Worth Metro because homeroom adds 40% rent per square foot to these single family homes. We can actually buy in much better neighborhoods in Kansas city and much better neighborhoods in Dallas. We're looking to expand a couple more markets in 2021. Um, I think we're looking at Phoenix and we're looking at Chicago, but really it's still up in the air, maybe Indianapolis. Um, but yeah, it's really investors, you know, we've never actually never lost investor in life for our company. Everyone just renews over and over again because, you know, we're fair with our repairs. We don't charge any property management. It's a, it's a really smooth ride for, for our investors. That's great. And so why did you choose, you mentioned a little bit why you chose Kansas city, um, mm -hmm. but I want to learn more about the demographics. So um, if, if it's, you know, 30%, um, as opposed to the eighties living with roommates now, what, what age bracket are you um, seeing this play out? Mm -hmm. Because obviously you have student housing. So it's not the same as student housing because it's not semester based. Right. So mm -hmm. um, what's the demographic? Yeah. So our average age is 27. I think, you know, a lot of, that's one of the first, the questions we get a lot is like, is this for students? And I think we probably will expand what we're doing and offer it to students at some point in the future. But this is really geared towards 21 or 21 and over exclusively. Um, you know, and it's young, young professionals. The average credit score of our tenants is 730 right now. So it's generally like young engineers, young accountants. Um, we have some travel nurses, some actually some medical doctors live with us. So it's a very high end clientele. We've actually never had to use up someone's entire deposit when they moved out, which is pretty amazing. You know, so it's a, it's a cool, it's because the space is so needed and there's, you know, there's like 20 million millennial roommates today and there's 
it's like we're competing directly with Craigslist. Like most of them are like pretty delighted about the opportunity to have all the amenities we offer and generally the same or lower price. So, okay. So what type of um, cash yields are you looking at when you compare it to, um, and, and then it's two questions. So <laughs> do your investors view this similar or different than a rooming house situation? Um, um, in ter- when you say rooming house, you mean in terms of like a, a boarding house or I'm not sure. I yeah. Understand. Rooming house. Usually it's, you know, you have communal floors, um, common area, you know, common kitchen and then just room. So, uh, yeah, that's and, exactly how we, that's exactly how co-living operates today as well. Okay. Um, rooming houses from what I've seen, again, it all depends on the area, but your demographic you're targeting, uh, is a lot different than, um, a lot of the other rooming houses that I've personally seen. Um, is there any specific um, return criteria you're looking for when evaluating your model um, for the investors? Because I know what yeah. a rooming house generally would go for on a cap rate basis or interesting, uh, et cetera. Huh. You guys- I've actually, I've never heard the term rooming house before. So maybe <laughs> I'd love to hear more about that. Um, it sounds like probably just co-living by a different name, more or less. Um, and co- uh, so, yeah, we, um, you know, our cash base, you know, we've had some people, you know, we, we do, one of the coolest things about us in terms of single family space, and in the multifamily space, this is general, is like we do the underwriting, the pro forma with the investor before they buy, and we go through every detail with them. When you're buying a single family turnkey property, you might get something, but it may be a little vague. So we're, we're kind of doing analysis. I mean, obviously I have that background in financial uh, and finance. So that's part of our product is like, we'll actually show you your returns on the cash basis and return on investment as you, before you make an offer on the property. So our cash yields are between seven and 13. Um, And then the return on investment between, you know, 20 to 30 is what we'll say, but we've actually had, you know, recently someone ran their numbers and they were in the 80 80 percentile return on investment. I mean, they got, that's not something we're going to advertise, but it's, you know, some people get lucky. We get, we work really hard in negotiating. They get a massive uptick after they buy and in value and then their returns are pretty great. So. That's great. And um, when I mentioned rooming house, so there was a, there was a phenomenon. I believe it was mostly. I'm in the. the I'm on the East Coast, so I'm in New York, New Jersey area. <laughs> and there was a phenomenon in the '70s, and I, I think it was mostly the '70s when a lot of these single families, these huge, um, almost Victorian, you know, uh, mansion-style ten-bedroom houses, got converted. Um, and typically, there's a whole state licensing process. There's reporting requirements. You don't have to do any of that with the model. You're Correct. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, I mean like the co-op kind of the, the commune, that stuff is definitely on a much higher, bigger scale than we are. Um, you know, we're not going giant Victorian houses. You know, we have five bedroom houses. Generally we're paying attention to the city laws, all that stuff. So it's, it's just generally kind of a way to maximize revenue without going through a lot of that boarding house, rooming house compliance stuff. Um, yeah. And there's just a big need for it. Right. So um, and that, kind of is a nice natural fit for that demand. Right. And maybe the way that you get around it, if there is any laws regarding, they call it SRO, single room occupancy over here. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're, we're kind of aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is by your your master, you're actually leasing the property. So it's not third party tenants. 
Um, Correct. And then you guys take, you know, take a spread as you explain, which, which makes a lot of sense. Um, I've never, mm -hmm. I've never seen any other provider like that operate that. Yeah. Way. Cool. Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, there's all this, um, you know, we avoid HOA neighborhoods like the plague because they are, you know, way more organized and, than we, we want to deal with on the neighbor, you know, and, and also like a lot of them have like only two families are allowed in a house, which, you know, is fine, you know, and so we just, we're just kind of cognizant of like where we are, what a, what a house with, you know, five young professionals fit in here or would it stand out? Is there parking? We have like some rules like, hey, you can't park in front of your neighbor's house. So it's just not allowed ever. Um, it's like, we're, and we, you know, we, we have yard care. And we, so we try to be like at least above average neighbors in the community, if not in the top quartile. You know, it's really kind of important to us. And we think that's what allows us to stay, you know, in this without having any issues over, you know, a number of decades. Excellent. And so how many, I guess, houses have you guys accumulated um, thus far? Yeah. So the first couple of years we accumulated 22, uh, um, which is what we sort of saw as like our beta phase, like in software where, you know, is where you're kind of experimenting, you're trying new things, you know, and trying to figure out how, what's the right way to do this. Right. And when we first started, we were actually just renting houses from landlords off Zillow. Um, and they are not going to pay for furniture, you know, but our investors do, right. Because we're helping them with a full investment package. That's, you know, they don't have to do much. So that, that we made that transition about nine months ago to that. And we actually have seven homes under contract today. So we're going to be growing our inventory by 25% this in November. Um, and we think that that growth is going to continue. We just, you know, the model that we finally figured out is really working well for us. That's excellent. And what are the average price points on at least using Kansas city as an example on the homes? Yeah, so we have homes that are in the 190s um, up through the 230s. You know, that's kind of, there's a few different variables that we have to keep track of, like how much are we going to make and then how much is the investor going to make. And so that 190 to 230 works for us in Kansas City. In Dallas, it's, you know, 230 to 270 kind of. So it's just different price points. And that's one of the advantage of us beginning to offer more and more cities is that there's different return profiles to each city. I think you know, a lot of turnkey providers are saying, hey, you know, Memphis is the best place to invest ever because they're only in Memphis. And it's like, do you have a vested interest in telling me this? I wonder, you know, uh, our goal is to be everywhere. And then if someone says, hey, this is where the kind of return I want is like, I want super high cash yields. It's like, great, we have a perfect spot. Or I want long-term appreciation. We got another spot. So we can be kind of, you know, a, a trusted advisor helping people navigate their single family real estate purchases versus being like kind of trying to direct them to something, you know, because that's all, we only have one location. So. Yeah. And have you seen any issues with uh, COVID in terms of um, people not wanting to live in close quarters like that? Um, with, yeah. With, you know, five people in a, in a home that don't really know each other too well. Have you seen any, hesitations uh at least during the pro during this year essentially just curious yeah uh, that's a good and uh, we get um that question a bit and what we've seen is actually an increased demand which is sort of counterintuitive we've seen yeah. there's two kind of dynamics at play one is that we had 115 roommates you know the day when we're kind of all like covid's here um, two of those roommates had pre-existing conditions and asked to move out and we obviously let them out of their lease no problem then we saw pretty rapidly four people 
two were like in smaller cities and they're, they were relocated to Kansas city and two were asked to move out of their parents' house because their parents were a little older and they were working in like retail or restaurants. So on a net basis, we actually saw an increase in demand due to COVID. Um, part of our process for onboarding is that actually every inter- new roommate that comes into the house gets interviewed via video via all the current roommates. And those roommates actually get to decide if that person can, can join the house. So what, what the goal there is to really foster people not being strangers for very long. So generally the houses are like small communities. Some people like made their best friends and some people like are dating people from other houses in our community. So it's really kind of, we don't, we do some stuff to promote that, but it kind of naturally, that's why people live in co-living is to save money and to meet new people and not be alone. It's actually a really nice time to live with roommates because living alone, like during lockdown is like, it's like solitary confinement. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And so what is your average? So these houses are around 190 in Kansas city. So what's your, for one person, one room, what would be the average rent that you guys would charge? And is it, is it on, are you guys month to month? Is it yearly six months? What's, what's your criteria? It's six months. It's six months. And actually each one of our um, zip codes is different. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's like neighborhood by neighborhood. I would, you know, on, on the Kansas side of Kansas city, the average price is like 463, I believe to, okay. on average. And on the uh, Missouri side, it's like 428. So it's just like, they're different economies and like people have different expectations of price. So we've seen that in Dallas too, because we're all over the Metro there. And like some places like 500 is just great for a bedroom. Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes people are willing to pay more. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so tell us about a little, the future. So you want to be, you mentioned not only in Kansas city and Dallas, but in other markets, how, how do you plan on expanding that your footprint? Yeah. So, um, we were, we're kind of in the middle of a little fundraising with angel investors right now. Um, so we're going to use that, the funding to basically grow in Dallas faster. So our goal is to double in the next six months from 22 to about 45 houses. Um, and then, you know, next year we plan on adding two more, two more markets. And then the mar in the year after that, we, we plan on adding three more. So the goal is to really be in 45 markets na- nationwide by 2026. And we sort of have like a, a pretty, um, you know, methodical rollout for markets to do that. Got it. And um, it, are you guys financing any of these properties for the investors or is it cash? How, how are you guys? Uh, we, most of them are financing. We do, obviously we have some cash buyers. We think leverage is a beautiful thing, especially with rates where they are right now. And you get your return on investment gets higher with, with leverage returns. So we generally will say, Hey, finance if you can. For sure. Awesome. Um, how could people find more about your company? I'm um, sorry. I lost it just for a second, Anthony. Oh, uh, how could people find more about you and learn more about your company, Johnny? Yeah, so you can go to livehomeroom.com. That's our um, website, um, livehomeroom.com um, backslash co-living-investing is our where you can find out about our co-living investing platform. Obviously, you can invite, email me, johnny at livehomeroom.com. I am always on email constantly like everybody else is today. So happy to hop on a call and you know do a little prezzo about how our process works. It takes about five minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that 
you know, and this is, I was on a multi, the one a larger than me, uh, like a pretty, a pretty big size meetup in San Francisco about they do multifamily. And what I was trying to just talk to, you know, share with people in the multifamily space is that there are better ways. There are ways to increase the value of your property through space arbitrage today. There's a platform called Copa. Um, they basically are doing midterm rentals one month and longer. So if you have, I mean, you can create your own co-living space today and you can make a lot more money. You know, it's, and the management is getting easier and easier. There are platforms that are emerging to do that. Um, and, you know, so as long as you're navigating effectively, you don't have to worry about like full months vacancy because you always have like at least three out of the four rooms filled. It's just a, there's a lot more financial stability in, in, a, in a roommate house, especially a young professional roommate house with elite credit scores. It's more stable than a family. It's more stable than almost anything. So, Interesting. We'll love to learn more about it so people can find uh, Johnny on his website and, and platform. And what we'll do is we'll put a link to um, the website and platform in our social media and also in the iTunes description. So make sure um, also on iTunes, if you can please give us a rating and review, it would help uh, Johnny and myself's rankings uh, so we can get out our message message to um, more people um, that are listening to our show. So and now that we want to conclude this program, I want to thank Johnny for coming on. Um, definitely check out his platform. Very interesting. And, and see if we can help him grow. So thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Thanks, guys. Excellent.